the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. The Bob France Authority, good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get underway at 7 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this free-for-all Friday, the 18th morning of the of the first month of the year of our Lord, 2019. And jam-packed we are, not with guests, because it is a free-for-all, but with content and with stories and important discussions to be had. And I invite you to be a part of those right out right out of the rip, uh, 866-240-1065. Or is it right off the rip? Right off the rip or right out of the rip? I don't know. I gotta 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 get my slang uh, tightened up a little bit here. Eight six six, or excuse me, I'm giving you all kinds of wrong numbers, and wrong dates, and everything else. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Those numbers will get you to the program. You can tweet to us at uh, France Radio or Radio Done Right, France Radio Radio Done Right, on that horrifically toxic social media platform known as Twitter that I am absolutely ashamed of being a part of. And I can tell you this, when the day comes that I retire from radio, I will be deleting that social media app and never looking back. It is absolutely poisonous. But I must use it for what I do every day. So uh, find me there at Radio Done Right on Twitter and also on Facebook, which is almost equally as toxic, uh, Radio Done Right or France Radio. F-R-A-N-T-Z is how you get us there. Uh, and I will read uh, good tweets and or messages on Facebook on the air on a number of the topics that we are discussing today, including the President of the United States responding to a strong-arm move with a strong-arm move. You saw what happened. Nancy Pelosi uninvited or disinvited the President of the United States from delivering the State of the Union address to a joint session of Congress in the House chamber coming up in about a week and a half, uh, she or a little less than that, she absolutely uninvited him, saying that the, the, the security can't be guaranteed because of the federal shutdown. Um, Secret Service isn't up to the task because their, their, their force is weakened now because of the shutdown. 
Now, she's a bald-faced liar because Secret Service is fully funded. It is not part of the 25% of government that is shut down. It is a part of the 75% of government that is fully funded. So let's make sure we have that clear. But that was her strong-arm move, and the president said, you know, we really should consider taking different approaches during the shutdown and cutting expenses where we can. And so she pulled, he pulled rather his own strong arm moved on Nancy Pelosi. And we can't hear it for some strange reason. Apologies for that. I want to uh, bring this to you as quickly as I can, but it looks like I've got a tech glitch on my side. Yeah, I do. I'll have to fix that during the commercial break. Uh, but uh, essentially, President Trump said, Nance, you know that trip you were taking? You know that trip to um, uh, uh, Afghanistan by way of Brussels and by way of Cairo, that massive taxpayer-funded trip you were going to take overseas? Yeah, well, you know, um, federal shutdown and all, uh, we probably shouldn't give you the authority to take that trip. However, the president said, in what can only be described as an absolutely savage move, And in young people's vernacular, by the way, that's not an insult to say something or someone is savage. It is a compliment. In an absolutely savage move, uh, the president said, if you want to fly commercial, of course, that is your prerogative. Pay for it yourself. I actually did something, by the way, to add to that part of the conversation. Literally, last night, I got on my uh, little Expedia app, or one of them. I don't know. There's a bunch of those different um, travel apps. And I went ahead and priced it up. And I, and I set up a flight leaving Washington, D.C., Dulles today, arriving in uh, Brussels, which was supposed to be her first stop tomorrow, departing Brussels tomorrow, arriving in Cairo on Sunday, and then departing Cairo and uh, arriving in Kabul, Afghanistan on Monday, and then returning back to Dulles for the start of the work week on Tuesday. And uh, all it'll cost you, Nance, is about $27,000 out of your own pocket. You want to go so badly, drag your butt out there on your dime. And maybe now you'll stop playing games with the federal government as it pertains to the State of the Union address and your little shutdown uh, 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 strong-arm move. Dear Madam Speaker, wrote the President of the United States, Due to the shutdown, I'm sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. We will reschedule this seven-day excursion when the shutdown is over. In light of the uh, 800,000 great American workers not receiving pay, I'm sure you would agree that postponing this public relations event is totally appropriate. I also feel that during this period, uh, it would be better if you were in Washington negotiating with me and joining the strong border security movement to end this shutdown. Obviously, if you would like to make your journey by flying commercial, that would certainly be your prerogative. That's savage. I would. Uh, I look forward to seeing you soon, and even more forward to watching our open and dangerous southern border finally receive the attention, funding, and security it so desperately deserves. Sincerely, Donald J. Trump, President. That is just flat-out awesome. I can't think of too many other ways to say it than that is just exactly right. Now, of course... That's not how the left perceived it. That's not how the left uh, heard the story. The left, and there was a great montage, and there is a great montage that I'm hoping to play for you later when I get my uh, audio system fixed. Um, But there was a great montage played uh, of the left on all of the left-leaning cable news uh, shows, you know, the MSNBCs and CNNs and all the rest of those, um, of the 
anchors and announcers and uh, uh, pundits talking about how strong Nancy Pelosi's move was. They called her, and if you'll pardon this language on our family-friendly uh, radio program uh, at this hour, but uh, they said it on live television, so I suppose I can give it to you here. They called Nancy Pelosi a badass. That's a direct quote for uh, telling Trump not to show up for the State of the Union address. What an incredibly strong move. What a bad A move. I'm not going to say it twice. What a bad A move that, um, uh, that Nancy Pelosi made against Donald Trump here. They were just cheering her for that bad A tough guy move. Then Trump pulls a bad A tough guy move and said, yeah, okay, um, you don't want me to speak uh, to the nation as constitutionally required by the by as constitutionally required for me to give a State of the Union address, and has been, as has been our kind of protocol and tradition for ever, and uh, not ever, obviously, because way back uh, in the uh, uh, last, early in, in the previous century, actually, they used to deliver the State of the Union address in written form. But obviously, for decades and decades, it has been in a joint, a joint address to the, to the uh, Joint Chambers of Congress. And... Um, if you don't want me to do that, fine. Uh, you probably shouldn't take your trip either. And they call him, instead of bad A, petty, petulant, childish. One of them actually went on television and said, President Trump just played nanny nanny boo boo on Nancy Pelosi. So it's, it's, um, it's childish and it's petty when President Trump uses the shutdown to make a political statement to the people. Uh, it's, uh, but it's uh, perfectly bad A when Nancy Pelosi does it. This is the kind of battle that the president fights on literally a daily basis. I mean, they, let me, let me, can I play? I'm going to see if I can. I'm going to give this one more try here. I want to try to play, uh, the press just, um, uh, just praising Nancy Pelosi, if I can here, uh, for, for standing up to the president and being a bad A. I don't think they, I don't think that bad A phrase is actually in this. But let me see if I can play this for you real quick. And no, it isn't again. I thought maybe it was fixed uh, during the during the uh, uh, few minutes here that we've uh, since we tried it the first time, but it was not. So I'll get that fixed during the break, uh, which is coming up. As a matter of fact, we'll take that now so that I can repair that and give you the audio that you need to hear and respond to at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five or eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. We'll take that break now. Get your traffic and uh, come right back and take some of your phone calls. We are wide open on uh, on phone lines by the way today for this free for all Friday, with one exception. I do have a special guest coming up at the top of the hour at about 10.05, reporting live from the March for Life in Washington, D.C. And when I say special guest, I mean very special guest. You're going to have to tune in at about the top of the hour at about 10.08 to find out who it is. But it's more than just a special guest. It is a special guest. All right, reporting live from D.C. at the March for Life today. That'll be coming up at 10.08. But between now and then, we are guest-free and ready for your calls. 216-901-0945. Back after this. Now. Progressive Democrats, please be aware. Correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. 
Yes, indeed. Good news. We got the glitch fix. We can give you the audio that we need to supplement the conversation this morning. Thanks for joining us. It's 921. Uh, phone lines are open at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. We'll put you up on the radio as quickly as we can. Uh, we told you about what the president did to Nancy Pelosi's flight. Here's there more. There's supposed to be other stops. There's a dispute about whether Egypt was on the itinerary or not. Belgium for a stop at least where the speaker would be spending taxpayer money on, yes, security, but also hotels, cars, meals, or other lawmakers involved. In fact, there was a bus full of lawmakers, as you noted, headed from the Capitol to Joint Base Andrews in Maryland to meet an Air Force jet to take them overseas. Her spokesman says the speaker wanted to thank our men and women in uniform and obtain critical national security briefings on the front lines, that this was all official. But the president brought that bus to a screeching halt with this letter. Dear Madam Speaker, he wrote, due to the shutdown, I am sorry to inform you that your trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan has been postponed. We'll reschedule this seven-day excursion when the shutdown is over. What makes the move so beautiful is that she was on the tarmac. <laughs> that is the part that I can't get enough of. She was on the tarmac at Joint Base Andrews preparing to leave at 3 p.m. yesterday when her team got word that the president was canceling the trip. No military uh, 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 travel. She's going to have to fly commercial. That's beautiful. Pelosi's... um, uh, Codell, meaning the government was paying for her flight, was scheduled to leave when they received word from the president. Uh, John Roberts uh, from Fox said on Twitter and that she will have to fly commercials. Judiciary Chairman Senator Lindsey Graham said Pelosi's request to postpone the State of the Union was inappropriate, but so is uh, the Trump's uh, decision to cancel her trip to Brussels, Egypt, and Afghanistan at the last minute. I would simply respond to the senator by saying quid pro quo. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. You give some, I'll give some. You stop playing games with national security and with the State of the Union and my ability to communicate with the Congress and the people by way of that State of the Union address, and I'll stop playing games with your travel. If you're saying that you can't guarantee security for me uh, at the State of the Union address because you think the Secret Service is compromised in terms of their uh, uh, manpower because of the shutdown, well, then our military certainly is compromised and cannot guarantee you safe travels on military with military transportation. That's just, that's quid pro quo. So I'll tell you what, you pull back your ridiculous, stupid, and political, mind you, that's what this was, your political stunt of disinviting me from the State of the Union address because you don't want me to have a full 90 minutes in front of the American people explaining the truth about border security and the truth about what you and your party will not do in order to get us border security, if you're going to play those political games, then guess what? Two can play those games. You get rid of your ridiculous stunt, and I will say I will greenlight your travel again. Otherwise, call an agent, call a travel agent, pull out your own personal credit card, and fly wherever the heck you want on your dime. That is beautiful. I cannot say how proud I am enough of our president for that. Navy man Norm in Strongsville is on AM 1420, The Answer. It's a free-for-all Friday. Norm, what's on your mind, my friend? Norm, can you hear me? I can't hear Norm. Do we have that pot up, Sam? Norm, can you hear me? All right, I'm unable to hear Navy man Norm. We're having all kinds of problems with our uh, technical equipment today, our sound issues, and now we cannot seem to make the phones work. Samuel, are we uh, able to bring him up or no? <clears throat> All right, we're working on that, so we'll get that happen, uh, get that fixed as soon as we can. Uh, I want to also talk about uh, the 
the um, March for Life today. This is such a big deal for so many, uh, and uh, I'm so excited and so proud uh, of my kids' school there, uh, which is also my alma mater. They sent a busload of kids down. They traveled all hours of the night, literally. They traveled all hours of the night, um, arriving sometime around 4 o'clock this morning, and they uh, went and got some breakfast, and then they went to the Basilica, uh, the National Basilica, for a mass, and then they're going to be marching uh, for life along with about 100,000 others. Uh, the students from uh, my alma mater are today. And they're going to be, obviously, trying to uh, do for the 46th consecutive year uh, what they have been trying to do, and that is shine a spotlight on and support um, uh, life and, and the belief that birth, or excuse me, that uh, life begins at conception. And this is in stark contrast to what is going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow, it is going to be the second Women's March which is something that was essentially invented to um, counter the March for Life by bringing a bunch of pro-abortionists and putting them together on the National Mall and screaming for the right while they're wearing genitalia hats and costumes and so on and so forth, uh, their right to destroy life rather than protect it. The problem is the Women's March is running into uh, a few little snags along the way this year. Uh, including the fact that they are losing sponsors at a pretty rapid rate. They're losing steam, they're losing supporters, and why? Because people are finding out that the Women's March is a hate march. It is organized by people who have a very distinct hatred for Jews, number one, the anti-Semitism display that has been made by so many of the Women's March co-founders and sponsors uh, is costing them an, an awful lot of support. The march will be held again on Saturday, as I said, tomorrow at the National Mall, one day after today's March for Life. But groups ranging from Emily's List to the National Council of Jewish Women, as well as the high-profile Democratic polit- some high-profile high Democratic politicians, believe it or not, are keeping their distance from this liberal pro-women's march, pro-abortionist march as well. Even other prominent organizations are standing uh, uh, um, uh, on the sideline this time around compared to last year as the newly announced 2020 candidate Kirsten Gillibrand schedules an appearance at the march uh, uh, tomorrow. And one of the reasons why is, again, a just a host of anti-Semitic uh, statements and stances that have been taken, including leaders having direct ties to one of the worst, most repulsive anti-Semitic uh, leaders in, in this world today, uh, and that would be Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan. The sponsors and founders of the Women's March are proudly aligned with him, the man who calls for the destruction of Israel, as a nation state, the man who wants Jews wiped off of the map, the man who uh, says that Jews are not, well, he said he's not an anti-Semite, he's anti-termite. In other words, Jews aren't even humans, they're termites, they're bugs, they're insects to be disposed of. And they are standing in strong support with him, talking about the likes of Tamika Mallory, co-president. Uh, her ties to Farrakhan include her posing with a picture and describing him as the GOAT. The goat meaning the greatest of all time. Love this guy, this Jew hater, and he is, she is one of the co-founders of the Women's March. Linda Sarsour, the Palestinian activist, who, by the way, has embraced 
if not co-founded, the horrifically anti-Semitic BDS movement, the Boycott, Divest, uh, Boycott, Divest, and Sanction movement against Israel. She is one of the co-founders of this as well. Um, Farrakhan, in one of his most famous stances and statements, said that white folks are going down and Satan is going down. And Farrakhan, by God's grace, he refers to himself in the third person, has pulled the cover off of that satanic Jew. And your time is up, your world is through, he said in one of his famous sermons uh, that was attended by these women's march leaders. So you've got just a couple of things to contrast that I just felt like pointing out. You have peace and love and support for life on the National Mall today at the March for Life. And tomorrow you're going to have hatred, racism, anti-Semitism, and pro-death movements on the National Mall tomorrow. The beauty of our country is free speech. The beauty of our country is freedom of assembly. The beauty of our country is we can have differing points of view. But I just want you to know what those are. And I would like to ask you, which do you support? And which would you prefer that your children support? Hatred? Racism? Anti-Semitism? Or peace? And the support and protection of life? Those are your two choices. I can tell you which one I choose. News time now. We'll get the phones working and come back to you at 216-901-0945 on AM 1420, The Answer. Com. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed. Rolling along, it is 9.35 on this free-for-all Friday, the Bob France Authority. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. You want to talk about the migrant caravan, dial us up. If you want to talk about the border shut or the uh, government shutdown, dial up. If you want to talk about border security in the wall, dial up. If you want to talk about the decision to still remove our troops from Syria, even as Americans are being killed by an ISIS that we thought we defeated, you can dial up. Anything you want to talk about is fair game. And, of course, you can go into a lot of other directions as well. But speaking of that migrant caravan... As you know, another one is yet underway. Uh, it left Honduras, it is working its way through Guatemala, and it has now reached Mexico. And guess what? Mexico is welcoming the migrants with open arms. The message from the New Mexican president, Lopez Obrador, is very clear to the caravan. Come, the gates are wide open. And that was the case temporarily for a time this morning. You see now people are lined up, queued up to get a temporary work visa for up to a year in Mexico. But for the majority of the folks of the caravan, they want to go to the United States. Now at 4.15 a.m., we came across this bridge with 1,000 plus migrants. And as we came across, we saw not a single federal police Police officer, not a single immigration official. They literally had the gates open. Where, if you recall, back in October, when the most recent migrant caravan, around seven thousand strong, made its way through Mexico, there was violence at the Guatemalan uh, Mexican border. There was violence, and yes, tear gas was used. <gasps> Gasp! Um, you recall that, of course, when American uh, border patrol agents used tear gas, it's horrible. When uh, Mexican uh, agents used tear gas, it's completely a non-story. But anyway, there was violence, and they had to break through the barrier that was restricting them from having access to the United States, or to the uh, uh, nation of Mexico. Uh, they broke through that border. This time, uh, Mexican officials have essentially said, we don't want to confront them. We're going to let them come through. And the reason why, which you can imagine, is because we know they're not going to stay. 
We've offered them an opportunity to stay, by the way, but we know that they don't want our opportunity. They want the gold standard. They want to go to the United States. So if they're just going to use us as a conduit, according to the new Mexican president, that's fine with us. We'll just be the little corridor that connects Central America to the United States, and uh, we have no problem with that. We'll feed them a little bit, help them along their way, and get them up to the northern border, our northern border, the American southern border, and we'll deal with it up there. Uh, and that, of course, is a huge, huge problem. Mexico was supposed to be trying to uh, defend and, and retain their own sovereignty, and they have apparently decided to to give that up, knowing that anybody who is in their country illegally is only going to be there temporarily, and they're going to move right on to the United States. Now, getting to the United States continues to be the issue. Now, um, a minority whip uh, in the House, Steve Scalise, uh, spoke on Fox today, uh, or maybe it was last night, I don't recall, but uh, I've got the clip here of Steve Scalise talking about the border wall, wall battle and the battle uh, between President Trump and Nancy Pelosi, first on the wall itself. Well, hopefully it provides her more opportunity to go and sit down with the president, because President Trump has been clear from the beginning of this. He's laid out what the security experts have said it will take to keep our country safe and secure the border. She's yet to put a counteroffer on the table. So maybe now that she's going to be back here, uh, go sit down with the president, and the two of them could work this out if she was willing to make any counteroffer. But she's not negotiating in good faith. Steve Scalise there talking about Nancy Pelosi, quite simply, you know, and he's speaking to of the you know the one-upmanship, if you will, of the president um, canceling her travel, her at least um, uh, military transportation to her uh, three-nation uh, junket in which she was going to essentially go there and uh, and reassure NATO that we she stands with them, even if the president, of course, is, uh, uh, is calling NATO out. But at any rate, uh, now that she's staying, he said, why doesn't she sit down and do some negotiation? Of course, we know that is not something she is interested I in. I think it was appropriate considering what she did on State of the Union, which was, uh, it was unprecedented and, uh, I think, unbecoming of a House Speaker to uninvite a president. Never happened before in the history of our country. It has never happened before because there has never been this type of a shrew running the House of Representatives before. And that's exactly what she is. She is, she is unbecoming of the, uh, of the, of the office of the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Make no mistake about that. Um, Steve Scalise also told the story just to remind everybody of exactly how much President Trump has tried to compromise and tried to negotiate in good faith to get the government back open again and get these 800,000 furloughed worker, workers back on a paying basis again. But it is not the president who is stopping that from happening. It is Nancy Pelosi. When we were in some of these meetings in the Situation Room over the last few weeks uh, where the president brought all of us together to try to negotiate, he said he's willing to negotiate on even the definition of a wall. She can ban uh, a physical cement structure. Uh, She didn't want to negotiate at all. He said, I'll give you another 30 days. We'll fund everything, including the things we disagree on. uh, If at the end of that 30 days, you're willing to negotiate with me on this. She said no. How are we supposed to get anything done? Seriously, how are we supposed to get the government open again? When it takes two sides to negotiate a settlement, an agreement on this, and one side will not come to the table. And when she comes to the table, her only negotiating point is no, 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 and no. That's not negotiating. 
Trump has, as Scalise just laid out, he has compromised in so many different ways from the name of it, a wall to, to barriers, to partitions, to fences, to slats, whatever the case might be. He has negotiated from the construction of cement or concrete versus uh, steel. He has negotiated the cost. He has negotiated downward many times on that. She will not come off of no nothing, which means there is one person and one person responsible for, well, I shouldn't say one person, one party led by one person responsible for 800,000 furloughed workers. They cannot come back to work until she says, okay, let's talk. She will not talk. Now, the president, uh, for his part, spoke yesterday about this in, uh, in some depth and with some seriousness about the reason we need this border and the, we need, the border security, rather, because America's defenseless, vulnerable, and unprotected people are going to pay a very, and continue, they already have been, but are going to continue to pay a very, very heavy price if we do not secure this border. Here's the president. Without a strong border, America is defenseless, vulnerable, and unprotected. I also want to thank the military for helping us out during the big caravan period, but now you have more caravans forming, and they're on the way up, thousands and thousands of people. We don't know where they're from, who they are, nothing. We need strong borders. We need strong barriers and walls. Nothing else is going to work. Everyone knows it. Everybody's saying it now. It's just a question of time. This should have been done many years ago. It should have been done by other, really by other presidents. And it wasn't just like many of the other things we're doing that could have been done many years ago, whether it's our negotiations with North Korea, moving the embassy to Jerusalem. So many things were supposed to have been done many years ago, and they weren't, but we're doing them. A wall has to be built. We need security at our southern border. Drugs flow in. Tremendous percentages of the drugs coming into our country come from the southern border. We're not going to allow it to happen. And that is why our homeland security professionals have asked Congress for a steel barrier. Homeland Security wants it. National Border Patrol wants it. Uh, American law enforcement wants it. The only people who don't want it are the Democrats. And the Democrats wanted it until Trump became president. How about that? The Democrats wanted it until they thought, Trump wants it, then we can't. I'm telling you right now, if Donald Trump came out today and gave a national press conference and declared that oxygen is good, Democrats would hold their breath. That's what this is. That's it. They will hold their breath in defiance of Trump's support of oxygen. They'll become blue in the face and maybe even pass out rather than breathe in something that Trump uh, said that he supports. That's how bad this is. Listen to Pelosi insisting that a wall is a luxury that the country can't afford. So aren't you just trying to deny the president a platform? No, I'm not denying the platform. All we're saying let's get a date when government is open. Let's pay the employees. Maybe he thinks it's okay not to pay people who do work. I don't. And uh, my caucus doesn't either. And uh, before I uh, issued the letter, I consulted with the chair, the chair now of the Homeland Security Committee, Mr. Benny Thompson, uh, about 
he has oversight of that committee and has worked very hard and long on issues that relate to domestic security and domestic terrorism. And he did you consult the actual secretary of Homeland Security, Nance, you big phony witch? Did you consult the secretary of Homeland Security? Um, agrees that we should go forward in this way. It isn't a question of are they professional enough. Why do we even take it there? The question is they should be paid. And as that secretary of any agency, that person should be advocating for her employees to be paid instead of saying uh, it's okay for them to work without pay. No one has said it's okay for them to work without pay. They're all yelling at you, go and negotiate so that they can be paid. I mean, do you honestly think we are as stupid as the members of your caucus? Hilda? No? Do you do you honestly think we we believe and that anybody with an ounce of common sense and two IQ points to rub together that any of us are actually believing what you're trying to sell us? That it's the president who isn't trying to get this thing resolved? He has made overture after overture after overture to you to come in and negotiate in good faith. You refuse and then claim that these people aren't getting paid and you believe they should be. Then pay them. Come and do your job and they'll get paid. If the president comes back to you and says, no, I want to give the State of the Union at the Capitol on the date we agreed to, what will you do then? Will you allow it to go forward? We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But we haven't heard very silent more than 24 hours to your question that you ask me every time I step out of the office. Have you heard? No, we haven't heard yet. Yes, Chad. Thank you, Madam Speaker. What about the idea? I know you have concerns about the security here, but considering how everybody is so amped up on both sides now about this shutdown, the president is amped up that by not doing this at this stage, this is really uh, an effort and might be healthy to lower the temperature, that nothing good could potentially come from that, uh, that, that scene in the chamber. Members might not be respectful. <laughs> president might not be respectful of you are you concerned about that about this that's the bottom line that is exactly what she is most concerned about she is most concerned about the fact that she's going to be on every television in america at the national uh, or at the uh, state of the union address she's going to be on every television in america sitting behind the president as speaker sitting next to the vice president mike pence and he is going to be standing up there and telling all of the truths that she doesn't want the american people to know that when he's not limited to eight or nine minutes the way he was in his national address a few weeks ago a couple of weeks ago when he's given the full ninety minutes or however long he wants he can tell the truth about nancy pelosi tell the truth about the democrats and their stonewalling when it comes to negotiating the security of the border he can tell the truth about the amount of fentanyl that comes across the southern border and kill people in the United States, more people dying from drug overdoses in the United States on a daily basis than we lost in the entirety of the Vietnam War. He's going to tell the truth about all of it, about the human traffickers, about the smugglers, about the gang members, MS-13, and how Nancy Pelosi is letting it all happen. And she's going to have to sit back there and take it. She's going to have to sit back there and not say a word. She cannot stand up in the middle of the State of the Union address and beg for a chance to make a counterpoint. That's why she is trying to shut down the State of the Union address. That reason and that reason alone. And I hope that the American people are recognizing that. I'm confident they are. Like I said, if you've got even two IQ points to rub together, you see what is happening here. 
The president has negotiated in good faith time and time and time again. We will change so much of what I wanted for this wall just to get you guys to help secure our border and we can put all these people back to work and Nancy Pelosi will not budge. That is called obstinance. It is called obstructionism. And it is solely a Democrat responsibility. That's it. No one else is responsible. 216-901-0945. Dial, we'll try to get you up and on the radio ASAP. It's a free-for-all Friday. I know we have a lot of audio to listen to and a lot of uh, commentary to make, but I do want to hear from you as well. We'll do that next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 953, now the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. We're going right to the phones, but a reminder of what is coming up. Organizers say the 46th Annual March for Life will go on as planned, regardless of the partial government shutdown. The march, done as a protest of abortion, is set for today at noon. The event is usually planned on or around the anniversary of Roe v. Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion. Counter-protesters are expected at the event, and a warning on the March for Life website tells participants not to engage with them. Obviously, you don't ever want to engage with extremists who are prone to violence and by their very support of abortion which is violence committed in the worst possible way against a defenseless unborn child uh you have to treat them as such yes they are that dangerous but uh the march for life goes on today and coming up in about uh we'll call it 15 minutes at about uh, 1008 we're going to talk to a very special guest from the march for life a live report from washington dc uh that guest uh, will remain unnamed but uh, you're going to want to be listening at 1008 uh, to a very special guest reporting from the March for Life. Let's go to uh, Donnie, who's calling us from Euclid on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Donnie, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I just hope that uh, that your son and your daughter and the others that are there don't, don't wind up being turned into snowmen and women. Well, you know what? Uh, that entire march is uh, is filled with peaceful marchers who are trying to simply spread a message of love and pro life, and that is the extent of it. So uh, it should be the the the, the insanity is going to be tomorrow. The insanity Absolutely. is going to be tomorrow when the pro abortionists all get together and they all you know do what they do when they when they you know when they get together by the thousands. Uh, they they don't just they don't just protest or they don't just make statements. They riot. That's what they do, uh, and that's where the real that's where the real fireworks are going to happen. But uh, anyway, what and else I you got? All, and I give all kudos to them. I wanted to talk talk about this uh, this creature that's uh, polluting the uh, halls of Congress. I'm. Uh, I guess one question I have is, can't uh, the president, because based on his office, bulldoze any any uh, any prevention that she tries to keep him from speaking at the uh, at the halls of Congress? And I know I agree with you with you saying that she doesn't want him to to tell the truth. And also, I remember how a few days ago the uh, angel parents tried to they went to her office and tried to talk to her. And she refused to even come out. And you better believe that I'm that Donald Trump is going to have those families in the audience, and she doesn't want to look them in the face. Yes, a hundred percent agree with that last part, especially uh, Donnie. And and she doesn't want to look them in the face. As a matter of fact, did you see what Schumer did 
uh, yesterday in mocking them because the angel parents, angel moms and, and, and dads have come out showing uh, uh, publicly uh, big photographs of their, um, of their deceased loved ones who have been killed by illegal aliens. And they've carried their faces around saying, this is the face of illegal immigration, or these are the faces of the victims of illegal immigration. These people should not have been here, and had we enforced our uh, statutes, our laws, these people would still be alive. And they wanted to call attention to the true victimization of Americans um, you know, by illegal aliens, right? Well, did you see what Schumer did yesterday on the steps of the Capitol? Chuck Schumer has a whole bunch of people coming out with pictures in the same way of... Um, of uh, uh, furloughed workers who are not getting paychecks right now. They're showing big, carrying big pictures of the faces of people who aren't getting paid right now as if to equate their struggles with the deceased victims of illegal alien criminals. That's what they're doing. It's incomprehensible. It's indefensible. And that's what they're doing. It is just so shameful as if to say this is like that. It's a, it's a complete mockery is what it is. They're mocking the deceased uh, victims of, of illegal aliens and the suffering of the parents of those individuals. So, you know, and, and, and by the way, it's not to suggest that we don't feel for those who, are, um, uh, those who are not being paid right now. We do. It's a bad situation. It's a sad situation. But at the end of the day, we can't end it unless the law wants to end it. The president can't end it alone. He just can't. The president can't end it unless Mitch McConnell, by the well, that, that ship has sailed too now that we waited until after the new Congress took over. I was going to say unless Mitch McConnell will change the rules, but he had to do that before January 3rd. So the president has to negotiate with Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic House leadership, and they refuse to sit down and negotiate. So this is not even uh, a question of which which one is more valuable, the paychecks of these furloughed workers or the lives of the victims of illegal aliens although that's not even a battle but it's not that's not the uh, the the real discussion point here the discussion point is how do we do both how do we protect people so that there aren't more victims more dead victims of illegal alien crime and how do we put these workers back to work and the answer is the same for both build a wall build a wall and guess what? The workers come back to work, build a wall, and guess what? The criminals and the gang members and so on and so forth have a harder time getting in. It's really just that simple. Uh, let's go to Rick. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Rick, go right ahead, sir. Hey. Hello. Bob. Yes, sir, Rick. Yeah, I just think uh, maybe the president needs to go and do the State of the Union message in front of the wall that was built in San Diego. You know, they had over 620,000 illegal entries before the wall was built now it's down to less than 32,000 a year yeah 90 percent reduction 90 plus percent reduction in the areas where we do have walls and border border barriers you're 100 percent right Rick. yep so he could show he could show the the security of you know that that the walls do work uh and i just i think it's an outrage what the democrats are doing 
Well, I like the idea. I really do. I like the idea. I don't know if they would do an open-air uh, type of event like that just for security purposes. Uh, you know, there's a reason why presidents don't ride in uh, limos anymore with, uh, you know, that are convertible after what happened to Kennedy. Right. I don't know if they would do something like that, an open-air thing. But I do like the idea. Take it down yeah. to the, you know, to the yeah. to the core of the matter. Go down there to the border, yeah. uh, especially an area like San Diego, and show this is what we're talking about here. There's nothing immoral yeah. about this wall. All it does is help protect american citizens right and we and the, the thing that that seems to be missing in all this is you know the democrats keep saying well you know open open the government back up and then we'll but we've been doing this since tip o'neill told ronald reagan that back when ronald reagan signed the original amnesty break million and and it just you know it, it every time it's the republicans that have capitulated and i i think the president now for for finally standing up i i live in an area where this is uh this is an extreme issue um, well, Rick, I'm going to tell you what, I, I completely concur with you, my friend. I got a jet here because I got to get news. I completely concur. Uh, we, I'm so proud of the President of the United States for standing up and not capitulating as so many Republican leaders have, as you pointed out. Uh, and, and this is the time to take our stand and to make our stand. We're doing it. And it's, re- and, and even though we're making a stand, we're also being reasonable. And so is the President as it pertains to negotiations. But when the other side won't negotiate, we are at a standstill. We're going to talk about the March for Life, and we have a special report coming live from Washington, D.C., a special guest coming up uh, after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.